This is another MP3 podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle, Australia. At ten past one, we are talking travel. Sally Lucas joining me, Jane Klein. And Sally, Amsterdam does have a certain amount of mystique about it. A little Dutch treat, eh? They often say about it, it's a little bit naughty and it's a little bit nice, uh, Amsterdam. I like it. Um, it's considered flamboyant, liberal and free-thinking, and one of the most free-thinking probably cities in, in Europe. But it's also a city full of character as well. And so it's sort of a destination that offers you a, a little something for everyone. And... Um, it's, it was built in the 13th century or discovered in the 13th century as a small fishing village. And by the 17th century, it was noted as the centre for world economy. And nowadays, Amsterdam, of course, it's famous for its, its tolerant attitude, of course, but still having this wonderful character. So it's located in the west of Holland in the North Province, and it's just a stone's throw away from a host of other European cities. And, of course, it is home to some of the world's most famous museums, as we know as well, um, as well as the wonderful canals. And it's actually got more canals than Venice. And I thought we might do a bit of research in the coming weeks of some other canal cities um, and talking, which we haven't done before. So, Sounds good. Yeah, and of course, it's always been famous for its red light district, of course, which draws in tourists from everywhere to have a, a peep or whatever else they're going to do. Um, the um, iconic Van Gogh Museum, of course, ha- ha- pardon me, houses a large variety of paintings by Vincent Van Gogh and other 19th century artists, and of course, that would be a must-see for, for a lot of art lovers. But I mean, even if art isn't your scene and you want to do something else, you could always um, go to the Vodka Museum. That might entice you. Vodka, now that's interesting. Do they call, they do call it vodka too because they make a wonderful range of, yes. of spirits. Well, they, have, they say here there's 112 types of vodka. And the tour takes you through the history of vodka. Now, the other one you've got, of course, is the Heineken factory. For all those beer lovers who want to uh, explore the success of the world's largest international beer distributor, if I can get it out. Um, Now, the Wallen is one of the oldest parts of Amsterdam, and that's what's better known as the red light district now. And um, everyone wants to go there just to explore that lively part of town. And, um, you know, nothing's virtually left to the imagination, I'm sure. Um, <clears throat> it plays host to sort of brothels and sex shops and peep shows and all sorts of things. But that's still a bit of fun. Um, a bit it, of fun too, I think, because half the people you'll see in the streets are actually <laughs> tourists looking at, at exactly everybody else. everybody else. I know, isn't that funny? Um, so as we said, the canals are wonderful and, of course, all along the canals now as um, it's sort of a real focus on that and they have a focus also in Amsterdam on sustainable tourism and they probably have more bicycles there I would think that's another thing we could follow up the city with the most bicycles but certainly it's encouraged as we know in Amsterdam very much so and so it's a good place it's flat as we all know so it's a great place to, to get your bike and get on your bike as we say have a bit of exercise and have a look around at the same time and of course if you can follow the canals on your bike if you want with Without going on the canal in a boat. So you can just treadle along and there's lots of lovely little eateries and cafes and things where you can pop in and enjoy the um, atmosphere. So yes, and you can hire a bike there for no more than about eight euros for a day. And you've also got your Amsterdam card, like a lot of these cities now have these cards, of course, which give you access to all sorts of discounts and concessions and entry fees, etc. So that's always worthwhile getting also. Um, and they have other festivals there at certain times of the year. So they're good to have a look at those. I mean, they're very much a gay capital as well, gay and lesbian capital. And they actually do have the Gay Pride Festival as well as a Queen's Celebration Festival. But, you know, it's got a mixture of uh, culture, art and eco-friendly attractions 
conditions. And, of course, it's a city that is, um, I think, very pleasant to get around, very easy to get around. Um, it has lots of, as we said, attractions. There's also the other one I'd forgotten about is the um, famous Diamond Museum, where you can go to the Diamond Factory and Museum. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, which is wonderful as well. So keep that one in mind also. And, and of course, a very special style of architecture. Isn't it? The houses Quite along unique. the canals. Yes. yes. Old warehouses or merchants' houses. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, it's very different to the architecture in a lot of the other European cities, isn't it? Mm. So it is very interesting. And for people that, you know, maybe a little bit infirm or a little bit elderly, it's a, it's a good place because it's flat. So it makes it quite easy for you to get around, whether you'd be just slightly or even whether you're in a wheelchair, you know, so it's, it's user-friendly in that way as well. So a great place to visit and a great hopping-off point, as we said, to so many other European cities. So On to NURFM. We're talking travel, Sally Lucas and I, thanks to our sponsor, Travel World on King and Sally. Now, we take a big, deep breath and we set off. Well, this would require an extremely big, deep breath, I think, Jane. This really is is not for beginners and not for the faint-hearted. <clears throat> but it's World Expeditions this year has just recently completed what they call the Great Himalayan Trail. And you're actually... Um, it stretches more than four and a half thousand kilometres over five countries. And it's actually in remote areas where they've not even seen tourists before. So it's never been a commercial undertaking. Um, and Sorrel will be actually went on this as well, was one of the people. And it was a guy actually, an article on him, he went, he was a TAFE teacher and um, he was from up the coast. Um, and so he, he went on it from Kempsey, I think he was from. And just, you've got 30 high altitude mountains to, ch- to climb up and down. So, t- oh. took 157 days because they did the complete from east to west. You don't have to do the complete. And what they've done, they've broken it down into sections. So you've actually got seven portions of the trek you can do. Um, but as I said, it's it's quite heavy. It's still quite heavy, a lot, isn't yes, it? Yes, and um, each section would be round about three and a half to four weeks roughly um, to do. And you do have to be really fit and a lot of it does require some mountaineering expertise. But if you're interested at all, I mean, World Expect- <coughs> pardon me, Expeditions is the company doing it. So next year will be the first official, if you like, commercial undertaking of it. This year it was invited people and some, you know, outsiders as well. Um, and <laughs> the guy who did this from Kempsey said, um, after he was back home and 12 kilos lighter after his efforts, he said he never wants to eat spam again at any altitude. So <laughs> that was quite interesting. And he was a bit sick of porridge as well. But you can imagine you're in areas where there isn't anything, like a lot of the other trekking areas um, now have got little tea houses and villages and so on and so some of these areas, of course, you've got to take just about everything with you and you're restricted, obviously, to the type of food you can you can pack and take. But I just thought that's an amazing thing to achieve, isn't it? I mean, a hundred... certainly is. It's a real crossing. Yes. Yeah, so it, it's it's quite unique. And World Expeditions has lots of wonderful, you know, adventure-based journeys if you are interested in going onto their website. And they're doing lots with even within Europe now, like, you know, involving if you want to twist the scent of Mont Blanc or if you want to do something easier like a lovely cycling, walking holiday, holiday in France and all again small groups small journeys etc so just I thought that was quite an interesting article I read anyway and just thought it was worth mentioning if anyone really ha- feels they want to achieve or you know be a high achiever well you can't get much higher than that certainly can't and I also thought I'd mention today Jane there's um, a survey just been done recently um, of 140 cities from across the globe of which is the most livable city 
And Melbourne was found to be the most livable city in the world. The very most livable city in the world. That's what it says. Displacing Vancouver at the top of the list. And apparently Vancouver lost its number one position on account of different closures that it had to highways and everything. So they look at the transport, the infrastructure you know, availability of everything. It's, it's sort of, yes, it's interesting, isn't it? So it popped um, Vancouver down to third place behind Vienna. But um, it was originally designed to measure the hardships that, that come with relocation of expats and so on. And um, this is um, a company they call The Economist and they sort of look at the best and the worst of living locations, living conditions rather, in locations around the world. And they take into account um, criteria such as stability, healthcare, culture, environment, education and other infrastructure. But interesting enough, though, we still dominated um, in those top ten. So we had Melbourne, then Vienna, Vancouver, Toronto, Calgary, uh, Sydney, Helsinki, Perth, Adelaide and Auckland. Mm, so so that's very interesting. And as you can imagine, of course, unsurprisingly, there were no um, Arabian or Middle East cities in there with all the conflict that's been happening in those areas and also no European Cities. No European cities. So Canada and Australia, well, let's say Australasia if you yes, include I guess Auckland. So. Auckland as well. Yes, yes they're quite prominent. Going well. So there you go. Isn't that interesting? Well done. I thought so anyway. So well done to us. Thank you, Sally Lucas. Thanks, Jane. Back talking travel again next Friday after the one o'clock news on 2NURFM.